0: Words We Live By, the podcast, is a production of the Seattle Army Recruiting Battalion. If you're looking for stable income, your first career path, or a career change, join us for Army National Hiring Day. It's our virtual career fair taking place
1: June 30th to July 2nd. Learn more by following us at Go Army Seattle. Hello and welcome to Words We Live By. I'm your host, Staff Sergeant Beebe. Our guest today needs no introduction, but I'm going to give him one anyway. You may know Tu Lam from Call of Duty Modern Warfare. He's the first character based on a real life Green Beret. He starred in the History Channel's Forged and Fired Knife or Death series. He served more than 20 years in the US Army, deploying to dozens of countries during his time in Special Forces. He's an entrepreneur. His business Ronin Tactics provides weapons training and equipment for both civilians and former soldiers. But what I know too Lamb for is the incredible amount of compassion he brings to humanity. He has lived this life surrounded by war and you'll hear those stories in a second. The experiences in his life have been profound and extraordinary. It left me with my heart being four times bigger. And I hope you feel the same after listening. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for being here. Hi,
0: how's it going? Thank you for inviting me.
1: I want to get started and I just want to ask you, where are you from?
0: Yeah, yeah. So my name is Tula. Um I was born in Saigon, Vietnam. I was born uh, in 19... 19- 74 after the the fall of Saigon. When I say that is, you know, the the Americans have left um, Vietnam and the North Vietnamese started surrounding Saigon, South Vietnam. Um, My country was uh, on the verge of losing its freedom when I was born. In fact, the morning that I was born, I was born in a hospital um, in Saigon on a tile floor as my mom was shielding my body from the North Vietnamese artillery fire coming in. Um, You know, after the the North Vietnamese, the communist regime took over uh, South Vietnam. They opposed their communist ideologies on us. Um, At two years old, you know, my mother and I, uh, they drug our families out in the street, and then uh, they gunned down my uncles like animals. Um, They imprisoned my other uncles in uh, re-education camps. Those are torture camps. Um, by the time I got my uncle, he did um, 16 years in a Vietnamese prison, 16 years. And by the time I, I received him in America, he had no skin on his foot. Wow. Skin at the bottom of his foot. He was, uh, he was beaten almost every day for 16 years. So he was very, uh, he was a very defeated man um, when I saw him, you know, later on in life, but, you know, we, um, we lost our freedoms. We didn't have a country, you know, we didn't have freedom. Uh, my, my grandfather took his life savings, which was like these gold bars and they smuggled us out of country. You know, we under the cover of darkness, we loaded a wooden fishing boat, It filled hundreds of other refugees, you know, thousands of refugees were trying to escape Vietnam during that time. Unfortunately, you know, with the the refugees escaping, you know, you had, you know, the pie tree going on, you know, the, the, um, the Thai Thailand bandits, the Indonesians, I mean, you name it, they all came in to rape and and kill and pillage, anybody who was trying to leave that that country, unfortunately, because we had everything on us. You know, uh, my mother, she took everything she had, which was you know, two layers of clothing that we had on us and stuffed us on a wooden boat. You know, I think what's unique about the story was that, you know, we went into uh, Malaysia initially. And you think about like Syria, right? The curtain, the curtain situation where nobody wants anything to do with war or anybody's problem. So refugees trying to escape, this, you know, a lot of countries don't want to accept you. You know, it's just the way it is. And we saw that plant panned out in our military careers, you know. So nobody wants us, Um, the Malaysians they kind of separated, you know, the rich people and the poor people, we were poor people, we didn't have anything. And uh, we were loaded back on the boats, the drugs back out in the ocean, cut our lines and shot our engine. Left us out in the ocean to die. Um, My mother said that we drifted out in the oceans for roughly close to a month. You know, people are dying, they're throwing bodies, you know, over the boats, Uh, starvation. You're talking about ultimate survival, you know, like hearing what she was saying, people were drinking urine to try to survive. I mean, it was the ultimate situation. Uh, My mother said we got caught up in a storm, a huge storm, and um, she thought we were going to die that night. She thought the boat was going to flip over, we're going to die. Somehow that storm washes onto Russian waters. There was a Russian boat that was transiting out of Vietnam and going into, you know, Singapore at that time. And they saw a stranded uh boat. People were dying. And I think what's unique about the story was, you know, they were Russians. You know, these are the same ideology, the same uh communist regime that took me out of my country, you know, that that imprisoned my uncles and, and, and killed some of my family members. But this is the same people, um, the communist regime that saved me, you know, and, and, you know, now that I'm older and I have a special forces career behind me, I realized that that was my first lesson on compassion, on humanity, you know, that not everybody's the same, you know,
1: I really hear too, the will of your mother. I mean, that from the day you were at the moment you were born to being out on that boat and just, Wow, how extraordinary. What a woman.
0: Yeah, you know, I talk to my mother all the time. She's uh, one of the people that I admire in my life uh, tremendously. I look for her for strength. And I asked her one time, I said, Mom, you know, were you willing to bet it all? She said, yeah, I was willing to bet my life and my two sons' lives on the chance of freedom. Wow. You know, and you know, when you're young, you don't understand. You know, you don't understand, like, okay, God, freedom, we're in America. You don't really understand it. And I, I tell you, the the path that I chose in my life as a Green Beret made me understand this deeply, you know? So um, we were, you know, uh, stuck on this boat. The Russians pulled us on. They, uh, they provided medical care for us. They took us into uh, Indonesia, where uh, they... They unloaded us and then, uh, you know, they left. What was unique about the story was, you know, the monks came down and the monks took care of us, you know, for, for a little bit. And, uh, you know, when we survive in these refugee camps, people will get murdered in these refugee camps. It's a desperate situation. You know, if you, uh, all you do is YouTube, you know, uh, Vietnamese refugees in Indonesia, you'll see these these death camps. You know, um, we lived there for a year and a half. And uh, we lived in, you know, grass huts in Indonesia. So literally, like my mother had to survive off the land. She would go and grab uh, wood to make fire. She would uh, fish, you know, like she is a badass, right? And, um, you know, she said after a year and a half, we got to sit to America. And I, I always asked her, I'm like, why? Why a year and a half, mom? You know, she goes, oh, we got accepted to Canada. We got accepted to Australia. You see, when, when, when she left, she made a promise to my grandfather that we will be Americans. And the reason why is because my aunt married a American Special Forces Green Beret. He was a lieutenant. His uh, G base got overran by the communists and he, was, uh, he got stabbed by the SKS bayonet through his ribs. They thought he was going to die, but he made it. You know, so he came back to the states. He was a American lieutenant in Special Forces at the time, and he retired as a, a colonel of First Special Forces Group. But he was the one that uh, expedited our paperwork um, to get us over to America. Now, I, I want I want to explain this. Being an American is very hard. It's not like, you know, you want to be American and in American Inception. No, it was a long process to become an American. And and I think that that made me realize the value and how special our country is, you know? It, it really does because I understand it from outside looking in. And then I understood it from fighting for it. You know what I mean? Mm. So I have a different uh, snapshot of freedom.
1: Thank you for sharing all of that. and what stood out was when you said that your mom made a promise and it, it, what I heard is that she gave her word to something and nothing was going to get in the way of that. And how, how profound is that to have a role model that keeps her word and like, you know, and the promise immediately it makes, you know, I, I thought of my promise to serve the country and what that means. And, you know, there's sometimes where I get, stopped or stuck or thwarted and I take myself back to the soldier's creed you know it's like the most basic thing we get right out the gate when we join the army it brings me right back to what why I serve yeah. it, it was my promise that's
0: the code right that's the code that every warrior lives by um is how deep you want to understand that code you know, yeah. you know the samurai's they lived by a code called Bushido. It was the warrior's code. It was a code of ethics, and they were willing to die by this code. And um, in the modern day world, we live a code. You know, being in the military, being in special forces, I had to live by a code. You know, a set of morals and values. You know, and being in an army, we are taught that day one. So I feel like the military is a great uh, way to start. You know, your life as a young adult, because it builds that discipline, builds that structure.
1: Now this kind of leads us right into your mantra. What is your mantra? What is that thing that's kept you right there doing what you do every day and you know, the, having the compassion for life that you do?
0: Well, I was taught compassion by my mother. You know, all through her life I was taught. Now I once shared a story you know, my mother uh, escaped from Vietnam. We didn't have very much money growing up. Um, there was a couple of days we starved. You know, There was, we went days without food um, when we first came to the States. We were made fun of, uh, we were picked on. It was a very racist time in America because it was post-Vietnam War, you know. So they viewed me as, you know, the enemy. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if they really knew it was... I I felt the repercussions from the communist regime more than any American has. You know, my family was gunned down. I had no country, no freedoms. So we didn't have anything. My mother would go and visit uh, other refugees that's trying to restart their life in America. And she would often give them food. She would cook for them. She would give them the little money that we had, you know. And I remember this day, I was 11 years old. And uh, I, was, I was becoming a teenager, so I kind of uh, was a little bit rebellious. <laughs> I said, you know, Mom, I, I don't understand. You know, you, you help all these people out. They don't care. You know, they use you. And she stopped the car. And I remember she grabbed my arm and she looked at me. She goes, there's, there's people that are suffering in this world. You know, and no matter, you know, who you are or what you do, you can help. You need to help. You know, I remember that day. I remember that day to the detail because that was the day that I decided to become a Special Forces soldier. Because I knew off of my father, who was uh, my stepfather, who was a Special Forces Marine Beret, I knew that that was my ticket back in to fight for those oppressed. I, I, it allowed me a platform to go around the whole world, you know and Fritos, you know, modern day slavery and and stopped the the modern day genocide and stuff like that. The same thing I was facing when I was a a young boy, you know, so my mother had a lot to do with it, you know, with the compassion and everything else. But when you you say, what is your your motto, right? What is that? and I have a lot, trust me. You know, <laughs> I'm, you know I, w- I started martial arts when I was eight years old. So a lot of my teachings come from philosophies and philosophers from 500 BCs. You know, I studied a lot of that, the history. of Sanju, Art of War, and Sashi Miyamoto, you know, Ronin, 47 Ronins, and I studied all. But one thing that always stuck out to me was there was a, a, a philosophy. That came out of ancient China during 500 BC. It was uh, Li Zhao. And Li Zhao was a monk and you know, a philosopher at the time. Now, I want to put you back into 500 BC China. It's total anarchy. It was war, right? Rape, pillage, there was no law. But out of this, this time of war came a statement. You know, and, and Li Zhao said that, you know, a journey of a thousand miles began with a single story. Right. If you really listen to those words and absorb those words, you see, because those words really helped me. You know, when I was young and I was facing racism, journey a thousand miles, again with single steps. So I, I continued to walk, no matter when people make fun of me and intercept me, step by step, I walked, you know, when I joined the special forces, you know, first ranger of uh, I went to ranger training and, you know, a lot of that stuff, uh, man, it hurt. I'm not going to lie to you, especially at a young age, at 18, I was in ranger, ranger training. Yeah. So it was, it was, uh, an eye opener for me, but when the pain sets in, step-by-step step, mm-hmm. you walk that journey. Right. And you know, it, it means a lot to me because my first step was one of war. know, I was born in war, that was my first steps in life. So at the end of my journey, you know, in the the army, what is my steps back, you know? It took me 23 years to serve my country, but what about peace, right? What about happiness? What about family? So step by step, I started working towards finding my peace and being the person I wanna be, you know, and it doesn't have to be like that. You know, When, when people get out, you know, they're lost. A lot of soldiers are. You know, they have to find their purpose again and um, step by step, every day, commit. There's an old uh, ancient martial art teaching that says, you know, there's two people in this world. You know, there's the person inside of you, and there's a the person sitting across from you. Once you listen to the person inside, the person across from you doesn't really matter anymore. Mm. So in the teachings of uh, Samurai, they talk about that. Don't look for strength anywhere else, but within. Passion, love, compassion, everything comes from within. Don't look anywhere else. And, you know, at that time when I got out of the military, I was kind of lost, you know. I was. I was lost. And I didn't have all the right answers, you know. So I I called my father and I was like, hey, Dad, you know, how did you do it, man? And I call my ex-teammates like, "Hey, you know, how are you guys doing? How do you guys doing it?" You see, I wasn't listening to the most important person,
1: mm.
0: which was me. So when I started listening to myself, and I started uh, building my own strength internally, not not physically. I'm talking about internal strength. To, that requires more courage than any courage that you find on the battlefield, you know, because you have to have courage to walk your own path. Away. Because people
1: are very opinionated. What would you say taking your courage on looked like? When you say that to me, what I hear is for me to be courageous, I also have to be vulnerable. And being vulnerable is the scariest thing in the world for me.
0: Yeah, it's to be mindful of things. You know, as a commando, I have two sides. I have a side that you know that's special forces. That's a side in the army. It's very uh, regimented. It's 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 uh I mean you know the special forces. But now <laughs> I'm a human. I also have a human side of it, you know? And I feel like um, you know, when you live in a type A world, right? When you live in an alpha world for so long, it takes true strength to really show your own abilities, because truly, I could teach you. Let's say I could teach you about being a commander. I could teach you all that, but you won't really know the depth of the teaching unless I'm vulnerable to you. Unless I'm like, "Hey, look, you know, this is this is why I feel this way," you know. And we need, as as uh, soldiers, I feel, after the war, you need to listen to those voice, that inner voice, yeah. and be strong, oh, man. Like. Don't listen to all the other people. I mean, obviously, you know, a lot of them, I mean, they don't, they just sit around. They lost their drive. Well, that's not being a warrior, right? That's not living by that code that we swore an oath to. Because when you swore that oath to that code, was it just in an altar, or was it life?
1: It was life. And I think that's why when we hear that we a soldier 24 hours a day, you know, because we Take that on in our being. You know, we're just, we're not integrity just when we show up to work because that's one of our Army values. That's all of the time.
0: You know, when I graduated high school, um, I knew what I wanted to be. I knew that I had a certain window and I had to hit this at a certain time because I wanted to be a Green Beret at a very young age because I want to experience that, mm. affect the world in a, in a global scale. You know, so my mother was like, Hey, you know, you're going to college. And I'm like, Yeah, mom, I'll go to college. But you know, what she didn't understand was I secretly and I had to do it. She didn't support me joining the military. You don't you can't blame her because gosh, man, she lost everything from war. Yeah. And now her son wants to be a dreamer, right? <laughs> right. Which is <just> like <laughs> not a normal soldier, right? So she's just like, No, I don't want you to live that life. So I secretly went to uh, the MEP center and um did it and then broke the news to my mother and she cried but you know and I feel bad that but I realized that you know we have to live our own lives you know what I mean like yes we love our parents but you have to it takes courage man to walk that path right so at that young age um, I was 17 at the time I broke my mom's heart you know because I joined the military when I graduated from high school um. I told my mother that I will go to college through the military. So let me tell you my my college years, you know, I was fighting, uh, so I was going through Ranger training and then I was going through special forces stuff. And during the deployments, I would go to college, right? So at night when when we do all of our, our specialized training, when everybody's exhausted, I would go to college. (laughs) <laughs> uh, when we do direct action ops and we come back we give our debrief and guys would shower and go to bed I was showering write up my thesis you know what I mean like it was hard it was so hard I was in the jungles of the Philippines where I had to climb up a palm tree with an Artigan uh, satellite terminal so I could get internet access to burst out a term paper. you know you have to do you
1: <laughs> have to do it It's it's so, I'm just sitting here with this giant smile at at, like, I mean, one, I want to acknowledge you for taking that on, but also acknowledge you for again, being your word in the matter. You gave your, your mom a promise and you are just going to have your life work inside of this promise. And
0: wow. But you know, that's the thing is like, Man, we can as as human beings, we can do anything we want as long as we set our minds to it. And that that model, a journey of a thousand miles, because you know, every day when I opened up the book, I was taking a step. And I graduated top of my class with honors. Fighting wars. Yeah. You know, so we can do it, man. We can do it. Any, anything we have or we can set our minds to, we can do it. And same thing with finding your peace and finding your, your step again after the military. The military doesn't define you. You define yourself. The military gave you experience. Mm. What are you going to do with this life experience when you get out? What is your purpose?
1: You're just incredible. And you give so much of your heart away and the compassion. So good. So good. So good. Thank you.
0: You're welcome. Have a great week. All right. You too.
1: Thank you for tuning into the Words We Live By podcast. I'm your host, Staff Sergeant Beattie. Sierra Starks is our producer. And this podcast is sponsored by the Seattle Army Recruiting Battalion. Follow us on all social media platforms at GoArmySeattle. And let's connect about all the amazing opportunities the U.S. Army has to offer.